Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, Making Your World Better. You know, all of us as leaders in nonprofit organizations want to become better leaders. You know, whether that going to a seminar, uh, going to a conference, maybe even getting another master's degree, we all want to get better at the craft of leadership. Well, our guest today is Amberly Phillips, and she went through a very unique program. So her full-time job is Chief Development Officer at the YWCA Utah. She was selected then through a highly competitive process to participate in the Greater Good Nonprofit Leadership Program. This is jointly provided by the Allstate Foundation and Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. It's a highly competitive greater good program that pairs nonprofit executives with the best teaching minds in leadership and development. And here's what's fun for Amberly. She is the first Utah native accepted into the program. Now, as you listen to this interview, I think what you're going to find is that you'll hear about this really innovative program, and you may think to yourself, I want to be part of that program, and we'll give you an opportunity to find out more about this program. But I also think it's just going to be a great reminder of how we all can continue to grow in learning to become better leaders. Enjoy today's show. Well, Amberly, thanks so much for calling in today. Talk a little bit about this leadership program. Uh, the stated goal is this, to inspire highly motivated nonprofit professionals who want to take their leadership skills to the next level. How has this program provided that for you? Yes, as you mentioned, I'm the Chief Development Officer at YWCA Utah, and this year I'm participating in what's called the Allstate Greater Good Nonprofit Leaders Program in conjunction with um, the Kellogg's, Kellogg's Center for Nonprofit Management at Northwestern University. And um, it has been um, kind of a, an amazing opportunity for me in my career. Um, I'm a mid-career professional. I've spent my um, entire career started in the arts, have worked for social services, have worked for higher education, and really, um, you know, being 15 plus years in the sector, found that I had not spent a lot of time on my own professional leadership development, you know, kind of just moved my way, worked through worked through the different jobs, and, you know, at the YWCA as chief development officer was really, um, loved my role, loved the mission, loved the work, but really felt that I wanted a more solid grounding in leadership development and really, you know, under, a deeper understanding of what it means to be a leader in the nonprofit sector. And that's really what the Allstate Greater Good program, that's their goal is, you know, to sort of provide people like me to strengthen the sector and to really make an investment in our professional leadership development. So, you know, hopefully we can continue to do good in the world. And after you had this experience, what were the two primary takeaways from your experience in this program? You know, so this program, 
program. Um, one of the things I love about it, it's a year-long commitment, and I, you know, you mentioned that I'm in Salt Lake, but our cohort, we all go to Chicago three times over the course of a year. So we take classes at Kellogg Center for Nonprofit Management. There's some individual facilitation. Um, we conducted a 360 assessment, and then we also have um, some money for um, what they call an individual development opportunity, which is, you know, really, you know, based on what has been based on the assessment, based on what we're learning, based on what we think we need to further our professional leadership development is really an opportunity for us to invest in ourselves. So so that right there is something that I think is very unique and very valuable um, for anyone working in the sector. But it it also, like, it sort of doesn't speak to, these are all of the things they're offering, you know, this wonderful education, but it doesn't really speak to the value of actually having that cohort setting. So, you know, there are 30 of us. We are all, you know, in similar situations. We're from all across the country. We come together for three times um, in this year. And um, so we're building relationships. We're learning from each other. And, you know, I'm a development person. There are operations officers. There are other CEOs and executive directors. And, you know, we're together for three days, days at a time. But, of course, we're nonprofit people, so we're social. We, you know, we become friends. We spend evenings together. And I've never experienced anything like this in my professional career where, you know, you say, oh, you know, I just just got off this call. I, you know, we had a break. I got off a call and I got this great news about a gift and everyone in the room is like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they're cheering for you. Or, you know, you're, you're going through working sessions and you're like, yo, you know, there's this really complicated issue I'm dealing with with a team member or with a donor. And there are so many perspectives and viewpoints and they all are so solid and so smart. It's really, um, really just amazing. So, so that's sort of one amazing takeaway. And then the other takeaway for me is really having the opportunity to be thoughtful and to spend some time thinking about my role as a leader in both my organization, YWCA Utah, and in the nonprofit sector. And in one of our first sessions, um, which was conducted by Dr. Nicholas Pierce, um, you know, with Kellogg, he talked about brave leadership and really thinking about leadership as a commitment that you make every day. And, you know, that commitment is, you know, to motivate, to motivate others, um, to help, you know, in the nonprofit sector to help make a shared vision a reality. And, you know, for me, really being a part of the Greater Good program and learning from the instructors at the Kellogg Center for Nonprofit Management, I've really started thinking about nonprofit leadership as a practice and something that I need to do every day. I know for a lot of us, nonprofit leaders will come away from a seminar and maybe never apply practically into our organization all the wonderful principles we learned at the seminar. So how did you apply these takeaways that you took from this program practically into your organization locally at the YWCA Utah? So love the YWCA, and we are most known um, here in Utah for our domestic violence work. And um, this program has been incredibly valuable for me because we, as an agency, we have 100-plus staff members, is we're in the midst of a large organizational change initiative. So we're actually very consciously trying to change our organizational culture. 
Um, we, um, you know, I mentioned our domestic violence work and sort of, you know, one of the things that is really, you know, talked about a lot in that sector and in many other sectors working with homies, homeless populations is really becoming more trauma-informed and trauma-responsive, you know, really making sure as an agency you have the tools to deal with the people who come to you every day who have been hurt, who are dealing with trauma, you know, making sure that you're caring for them appropriately, you're offering them resources, you're helping heal the trauma and, you know, not actually inadvertently making it worse. And so the YWCA and sort of our recognition of these um, efforts, we've um, embarked upon this process to become the first sanctuary certified organization in the state of Utah. And that's a national model um, of organizational change, and it's all about trauma. And this is a lot of work, and it's a very intense process. And one of the things connecting it to my Allstate Greater Good experience is it is staff-led. It's peer-led. We don't, you know, consultants don't come in and teach us what to do and say, okay, you know, now you're now you're trauma-informed. We're going to go back and, and here you go. This is something that the YWCA is undertaking from the ground up. So our staff are involved, all levels of the organization from, you know, our kitchen staff, our maintenance staff, case managers, our board, our CEO. And for me, you know, having this really solid grounding from the Kellogg Center for Nonprofit Management in thinking about leadership and thinking about my role as a leader to inspire, to enable others to be successful, to enable others to step into their own leadership. It's really, I think, been kind of a valuable synergy to, to, for me to help, help facilitate this big process along. One of the premises of this program is to provide participants a values-based approach to leadership development. Talk about that a little bit. How do you or how do they define a values-based approach to leadership development? Sure. So, um, so what I've learned is that, you know, nonprofits and mission-driven organizations really must connect their vision and values in order to more effectively serve the most vulnerable in our society. And so really the approach that I've seen um, through Allstate Greater Good and Kellogg Center for Nonprofit Management is to really thoughtfully train leaders, build nonprofit leaders that can really achieve that personal, you know, connecting the personal vision and personal values to the larger mission of their organization. So one of the, one of the sessions that we attended um, at the Kellogg Center for Nonprofit Leadership is Values-Based Leadership by Dr. Harry Kramer. And one of the things he talks about is connecting your personal vision and values to your leadership practice. So... And to him, that means making time for personal self-reflection, keeping a life balance is what he calls it, understanding what's truly important to you. And his premise is, if you do that, if you are truly connected to your own personal vision and values, that's how you, you know, fight the good fight. That's how you make change at a societal level because that it allows for a much deeper commitment and, you know, it just sort of infuses everything. And, and you know, that's, I think, a really powerful message and really very important and is definitely something that I have seen reflected in my own practice as a professional fundraiser and nonprofit leader 
when I care about the work and the mission and I feel deeply connected to it, it makes it a lot easier to ask her the big gift <laughs> because I know that if I had that money, I would give it myself. And, and so, you know, it, to me, it is all comes down to personal values. I know you've had a lot of experience um, and I'm curious from your training and your experience so far, what are the top three qualities of an effective nonprofit leader and why these three? The top three qualities of a nonprofit leader, I would say first is commitment to relationships. And when I say relationships as a fundraiser, I don't just mean donor relationships. I'm talking about relationships with peers, with you know, coworkers with the entire staff, with the community, potential collaborators. So, you know, really taking the time to build those relationships, maintain those relationships, and that I think leads um, into my the second thing I would say, which is the ability to see problems, um, maybe points of view, solutions from many different perspectives. So maybe the ability to be flexible and open to solutions that are different from what you may um, you may think. Um, you know, I think that goes hand in hand with the ability to listen, emotional intelligence, sort of just maybe even a quest for understanding of people who maybe have different experiences than your own. I think that's really critical to working in the sector. And then the last thing, um, and this is definitely a takeaway that I've received from participating in this program and have experienced in my own um, work at the YWCA, is really, um, I think, an ability to be accepting of yourself, of others, um, really, you know, having that openness and the ability to accept things, accept people for who they are and, um, you know, work from their strengths rather than, you know, trying to change them. I think those, I would say those are the three, my, my top three qualities. So, Amberly, why don't you um, share one or two examples of nonprofit organizations or nonprofit leaders that are really solving today's biggest problems in creative ways? Well, I I will um, I'll sh I'll talk a little bit about um, the YWCA Utah's work and then um, maybe speak less um, in, with less at an expert level, but about an organization that I learned about just this past um, few months. But you know, I think you know the YWCA our mission. Um, a big piece of it is to empower women, and we talk a lot about our work as we approach work with a very direct service component as well as a social change lens. So, you know, YWCA's, they're always working in their community, and for us, the YWCA Utah, it's our domestic violence work, our shelter, our housing, our nationally accredited early education center. But then, you know, there is that larger social justice piece of the YWCA's work. And um, for us, that has, for, for a long time, our goal was to really strengthen our voice um, on behalf of women in Utah. So, you know, really really dip our toe a little bit more into advocacy work, you know, really to promote policies that advance women's equality, gender equality, um, as well as racial justice and civil rights. And I think, I mean, that no one, I think, existing in the world today would deny that, you know, there, the women's movement, and particularly in the past couple of years, 
there's been sort of a, a renewed spotlight um, shown on some of those issues. And, you know, the YWCA, we've been here working in the trenches in Utah since 1906. And for us, you know, really being thoughtful about the way we approach our advocacy work and what we have done is about four years ago, we launched um, what's called, what we call the Utah Women's Wellbeing Initiative, and it was our attempt. We started with research. We want, you know, we just said, let's look and see really how are women doing? Where are the pain points? Rather than assuming that we know, because you always hear all these terrible things about, you know, women women's equality, whether it's the gender wage gap, whether it's the education gap, violence against women. You, you know, there are. <laughs> very often stories about this. So we said, you know, let's really find some research that we can believe in, that we can hang our hat on. So we launched the Women's Wellbeing Initiative and um, pulled together some research with the Institute for Women's Policy Inst Research out of um, Washington, D.C. So we launched the initiative with that research and really used that as a base to thoughtfully move our advocacy um, work forward and not in a, you know, we're going to storm the streets and, you know, make changes, but really look at policies where we can make inc incremental change, knowing that we've been here for 112 years, we're not going anywhere, and, you know, we, we want to just make incremental, slow and steady progress. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I'm pretty proud of that work. I think, you know, we're in our second session at the Utah State Legislature. We have legislature, we have a full-time director of public policy up there who works for the YWCA and she's currently the only policy person um devoted to women's issues in the entire state of Utah. So, you know, that I think has been really great progress for us and, you know, definitely a different approach than you see from other nonprofits. No, I really like that. And, and uh, I want to ask you another question. How is the landscape of nonprofit leadership changing with today's emerging trends? I mean, particularly in light of technology and new development trends. Well, I yeah, you know, I feel like um, in particular fundraising and development, I mean, it continues to change um, rapidly. And I think that right now um, there's a lot of talk about emerging trends. I mean, one that comes immediately to mind is donor-advised funds and their continued growth and, you know, the fact that donors are, you know, increasingly utilizing those funds, which is great, but then, you know, sort of then how that affects donor relationships and, you know, the ability to sort of make those connections. I think that that's something that will be continue to be monitored. And from my perspective, I think people don't quite know what the long-term impacts on the sector and fundraising are going to be. And then, of course, um, you know, the new tax laws and the increase in the, the standard deduction. Um, I've already heard sort of anecdotally from some of our donors who are, who are planning to do some of the strategies that people are talking about, like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll consolidate all of our giving into one year so we can itemize, and then we'll take a year off which is great to think of the year when they're giving more, <laughs> but then, you know, the year that they take off um, is a little scary. Somehow want to make it so make sure that all the donors are, are working together so so our revenue is not affected um, too badly. Um, so, you know, I think uh, in fundraising, those are two trends that, you know, that we're definitely thinking a lot about at the YWCA and um, with the continued 
pace and change of technology and social media, you know, one fascinating thing that um, we've seen and I continue to wonder is, you know, wonder at is really the effectiveness and the ability for nonprofits to tap into social media um, as a fundraising tool and platform. Um, you know, we at the YWCA, we have not had great success at, you know, mobilizing our supporters through Facebook, through Instagram, mobilizing them into action. And, you know, I know Facebook has, you know, definitely piloted different ways, you know, trying to engage people. And at the YWCA, we haven't had a lot of success. And so, you know, we just tend to use those platforms right now as another way to communicate our mission, to communicate our work, and to engage supporters. But sort of with that acknowledgement, well, that motivating piece tends to come offline or, you know, even through through email rather than social media. But that could change in an instant. I think, um, you know, definitely peer-to-peer -peer fundraising as well. Um, you know, we have had some success with that, kind of with an events-based module, but um, haven't. And other nonprofits, particularly national nonprofits, have leveraged that with amazing success. Um, Amberly, could you talk a little bit about social enterprise? We've had guests on our show talk about this new, you know, emphasis, particularly for profits that are getting into the social enterprise space, if you will. Do you think social enterprise is actually changing the way nonprofits do fundraising? Or another way to put it is, should nonprofits change their fundraising strategy because of the growing momentum of social impact companies? You know, one of the most interesting things um, that occurred to me is, so. I, I'm a member of a number of different Facebook groups and um, in the, within the nonprofit sector, and someone um, had just posted, oh, I'm starting my, a, a new nonprofit. This is what I'm thinking. I'd like to do this, but, you know, I don't want to give control to a board of directors. And the advice that people gave her was, you know, maybe you should consider forming a B corporation, you know, doing something like going, taking that alternate path rather than, you know, setting up a nonprofit and going down that path. And, I mean, I definitely think that with, with the rise of that, entrepreneurs who have that social bent, you know, it's just another tool that they can consider as they develop their strategy, as they think this is, this is the work I want to do. You know, I mean, I think it's a really great, um, you know, it's a great, Thing for them to consider rather than becoming a traditional nonprofit. And for me, and specifically um, sort of looking at philanthropy, the YWCA, we do have um, a social enterprise, which is the Lowly Eccles Early Education Center. It's our child care center, it serves people from the community. Our goal is to be, um, you know, cover costs make a profit. Um, and a couple of years ago, we were interested in doing an expansion of that program. To increase revenues, we wanted to, to build out our full-day kindergarten classroom. And as part of my fundraising for that, I um, started working with a philanthropist who was really interested in funding the program because of its social enterprise angle. And his interest was really offering um, some funding for us to help us get to profitability. So he had no interest in doing those the, the long term a long term sustaining gift where every year we could count on him for twenty five thousand dollars to you know support the YWCA. He really wanted to get in, make that initial investment, 
but only if we could sort of prove that long-term um, we wouldn't need them because um, this effort would be generating profit. And I think definitely um, social enterprise for philanthropists is something that they see as, oh, you know, this is a great this is a great way for nonprofits to not be so dependent on me. So I believe it's really important for fundraiser, fundraisers in particular to think about what that means. And I'm not saying that every nonprofit should go out and start a social enterprise, start a social enterprise, but I do think that for those that are thinking about it or who have one, you know, thinking of philanthropists and potential funders as partners that will help get them to the next level of sustainability through the enterprise. I mean, I do think that that's a very sound strategy. You know, one thing I've, I've actually um, been thinking a lot about is, you know, really um, engaging that next generation of of philanthropists and fundraisers. And I think, you know, this is probably not a new question, but and it's definitely not a new issue for fundraisers. But as, you know, some of the legacy donors in this community, as, you know, they approach retirement and moving on to the next phase of their lives, I mean, I really think it's important for all fundraisers to be cultivating that ne next generation of people because there are no guarantees that they will be interested in the same causes that their parents are. And, you know, honestly, with the rise of donor-advised funds, they, you know, won't have that same obligation to the nonprofit sector in terms of giving that than if the, you know, organ if the family had set up a traditional family foundation. So, I mean, that's definitely something we've been talking about. And, you know, it's one of those things, like as fundraisers and plan giving, the rewards are much longer term than, you know, cultivating the relationship within a year and making the ask. But I, I believe it's they're critically important. Well, thanks so much, Amberly, for being on the show again. My guest today has been Amberly Phillips. She's a chief development officer at YWCA Utah in Salt Lake City. She was selected through a highly competitive process to participate in the Greater Good Nonprofit Leadership Program that is jointly provided by Allstate and Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. Amberly, if they hear you and they on this podcast and they want to know more about you, maybe you know more about this good nonprofit leadership program, how would they find out about the program, number one? How would they find out about you and the YWCA Utah? So to find out more about Greater Good, um, as well, including when the next cohort will open, I would visit allstatefoundation.org. And um, for more about my organization, visit the YWCA website at ywcautah.org. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.